Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. Yes, QAnon is really based around this theory that there is a human trafficking ring around the world. And in fact, there is a human trafficking ring around the world. And it does involve some people that are very powerful in politics uh, and some people who are no longer with us, like Jeffrey Epstein. We know that Jeffrey Epstein was a human trafficker and we know that he was working for foreign governments, often blackmailing politicians uh, with some of these younger women that he was attaching the politicians to. So you've got a situation where this actually is real. Now, where QAnon and and Epstein sort of diverge is that in the real world, Epstein and Donald Trump are good friends and they rape young women together and that they also you know, might be involved in other things together. And QAnon believes that it's not Donald Trump who's friends and partner of, of Jeffrey Epstein. QAnon believes that somehow Donald Trump is going to save the world from Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, we're talking about Craig Unger, who mm-hmm. has a new book coming out called American Compromise. Which is going, which I have not, I mean, we, don't, we haven't read it. It's going to be fantastic. Every time in my, in, in the last couple of years that I've delved into researching any stuff at all about the mob, about Russia, about Trump, I come back to something that Craig Unko wrote like 10 years ago. This guy knows everything, okay? Everything. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't, I, it's impossible for me to overstate how good he is and how, when he's coming out with something like this, it's important. Okay. Yep. The Peace nice. and Vanity Fair, which was released, I think, last night. I read it. Uh, the first, it, 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 if it's, you know, uh, a thousand words, the first 800 words, I know. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in there that's surprising. Then at the end, they tell you something that really made me stop and pay attention, which was that. We know Trump and Epstein were friends. We know that they did their parties together and that they, you know, both liked young women and, and, and did their rapey rapey and they're awful people. I don't want to make light of it because it's it's awful. OK, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call what them women. Was, they were children. Mm-hmm. They were cho- children. Thank you, John. You're right. They raped children. Yeah, yeah, That's them, what they yeah. did. OK. Yeah. So I don't want to I don't want to joke about it. I'm not you know, it's it's awful. Serious. It, it's almost. I, I think we almost make light of it to process how awful it is. Okay. Yeah. What happened with them now, this is in the Craig Unger's vanity fair piece is that there was a piece of property in Florida that Epstein wanted to buy. He really liked it. It was whatever, $50 million or something called his buddy Donald in. Cause Donald knows real estate and said, what do you think I should do with the pool and this and that? And Trump goes behind Epstein's back, outbids him, and buys the place with a loan from Deutsche Bank. Epstein is like, you motherfucker, never talks to him again. This is 20, it's either 04 or 06, a long time ago. I think 04. It was the Wexner's mansion. Yes. And I think yes. they wanted it for a very specific reason, but go ahead. Yes, I have I my own that. theory about that mansion. But this is what's interesting in the piece that made my eyes pop up, my eye, whatever. Okay. Trump, to get back at Epstein, to kind of fuck him a little bit, 
because Epstein was now his enemy, started leaking the shit to the press that Epstein liked the young girls. So Trump was the one, according to this Unger article, that started the whole ball rolling about Epstein rapes children. Yeah. So I think that might be the genesis, as I'm reading this, this is my conclusion, that's the genesis of the bullshit QAnon thing where Trump is somehow going to hashtag save the children. Uh, I mean, all of what you're saying, I can verify. This is also in my research has been completely accurate that you know, Unger, Unger really backs up here, is that uh, Rybolovlev uh, used Donald Trump really as, as a conduit to buy this house and used it to launder money through this house into Trump's world or to, into wherever Trump puts all the Russian laundered money to. So that, you know, Trump was being used by the Russian uh, oligarch there to, to maneuver this, this money out into the United States. But it is true that that is where their relationship broke up and the, the feeling all along has been that it's Trump who called the cops or Trump who got the cops to, to go after Jeffrey Epstein. Now, that seems like a hell of a thing. But, you know, the first How would he know how to call the cops, LB? How would he know how to do that? Especially no, in Palm Beach. Especially how in Palm Beach. How would that happen? <laughs> how would he know? Hi, oh, wow. Because he's got lots of friends in the Palm Beach Police I Department, wonder. you know. So interesting. It is really interesting. Now, fast forward to where we are today. You know, Ghislaine Maxwell has been in jail since, I don't know, last September or something um, because of similar charges. She's been accused of helping facilitate Jeffrey Epstein's, um, you know, human trafficking and sex uh, act. Now, I know for a fact that it was Donald Trump who has made that very hard to happen. He tried to do everything in his power to stop the Ghislaine Maxwell's cases from going ahead. In fact, he blocked all the cases in the United States. All the cases I against did. Jeffrey Epstein and was brand new. I'm just saying now for the first time that it's the, it, we did not, you know, it was Donald Trump who stopped those cases from happening. That is why the cases moved to the British Virgin Islands, where they started being prosecuted over there in order to at least get a settlement for the young victims. Not so young anymore, but the victims. And so now that Donald Trump is no longer the president of the United States, the question becomes, what happens to the Ghislaine Maxwell case? And as far as I know, it is going ahead and that Biden is not intending to stop it. And so we could be seeing oh. a grand jury impaneled in the near future to investigate exactly this, to investigate the Ghislaine Maxwell case. And if that happens, that's a big deal because it goes to the heart of what QAnon is all about and why there is such a big lie in QAnon and that it does ultimately you know, these Jeffrey Epstein's world and Ghislaine Maxwell's world do coincide with Donald Trump in a very, very big way. So that's really interesting how all yeah. of this is coming together. And again, ties back it's to the all truth. Coming to, it's all coming together. It's all, we're going to learn about a massive intelligence operation, which is what was behind, underneath, I think, the fight and the struggle about that mansion. I think that mansion was um, quite a piece of property for, uh, in terms of being wired up, in terms of being, having, I think there was a lot going on in there. And I, there's a reason why it became a key piece of, of laundering. Um, a vehicle for laundering some money because some some very scary Kremlin connected people probably had their hooks into there <laughs> for quite a while. So mm. um, we're gonna we're gonna learn a lot. We're gonna learn a lot from these cases going forward. Um, it's it's no longer a there's not a full court press from inside of the White House to stop all of this shit from coming out. Right. Um, so that will be great. And I'll I'll give a little. <laughs> So just, I'll just let the audience know. So I know Craig Unger. I've known him for a while. 
and I can say, although I, I, you know, did not help him with this book or anything that he's coming out with. I know how long he's been working on it. I know how hard he works on his his books. Um, hopefully, he'll come on uh, the show. And he's we'll agreed to already. To yes, he's going to come on. All right. Well, then I'll tell the story. I'll tell the story of how I met Craig Unger, which is one of the great stories ever of all time. And uh, he's the only guy I can make blush more than you, I think. So, I know it's not salacious or anything, but it's hilarious. Right. It, it, John, I hope you're on for that too. Cause it's a great New York story. Um, oh. that could only happen in New York. Um, but you know, he, this is a man with a uh, very deep, long held decades long sources, mm-hmm. um, really good sources. He wrote House of Bush, House of Saud, everybody. And if you remember that Saudi passport uh, or address on the passport that Jeffrey Epstein had, I mean, there, this Ooh. is, there's a lot that's going to come out and it's going to, I suspect, I don't know for sure, but I suspect. And Craig's also very, very well connected in sourcing in New York City itself. Um, and this goes back to the pardon thing. And I'm just going to do a pivot here. I'm not saying this is what's in Craig's book either, but we know some of the same people. <laughs> and there was a pardon on that pardon list of, of Donald's that I don't know if you guys got this from the pardon list, just to pivot back to that. But it was like, you could see that there was sort of like the Van Jones list of people to pardon that I think Jared and Donald thought that if they just packed all of those, like, marijuana offenses and stuff around um, all these really bad gangsters that no one would notice the gangsters. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's not going to work, guys. We still, I could see. So there's someone down there towards the bottom. And on the list that was published, they were actually, I think it was NBC that published their, their list. His name fell right underneath the guy that was for the Varsity Blues pardon that now there's all this issue around, you know, because Tom Barrack was named as the person who supports the pardon. He's upset that his name got put on that. So they also just lied about who was supporting these pardons. They just made shit up, right? Um, Jared and and Donald. But right underneath that guy, um, who's bad enough, is is Heli Namat. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That's a big one, you guys. And notice how nobody put their name on that. (laughs) It was like, oh, "Oh, yeah, he did some bad things. He did some bad things. They didn't even really describe what he they did. They described it as a sports this gambling thing. An arrest community. for sports gambling. Uh, He's supported by like his the, community. <laughs> supported by his community, which is the voice of Khan, okay? This is like a massive Russian-Israeli fucking gangster. This guy is, this is the guy that laundered all the money through the through the ta- Trump Tower poker games. He had a, t- he had a whole the floor of the Trump Tower, apparently, the 51st floor. Yeah. And he used to run these high-end gambling dens where, you know, famous people used to go there. Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. used to go there, you know, some yeah, other famous baby. names. And there used to be a lot of money being laundered through there. His family is known for having a, uh, you know, uh, art business of some sort or art Let's say laundering business, but they're probably described it differently. Uh, so you know, the, this gambling den oh. was a huge problem for for Trump because it was re- directly related to I can never get his name right, but the Russian mob, the mobster took took a note or something. Takamaka Nakamaka. Yeah, Takamaka Nakamaka. I don't know. Taki Taki Taki. You try to say that fast, John. Yeah. And and my long term followers will know that like four years ago, I'm like. I was throwing poker chip gifts at people going, it's going to be bad when this shit comes out. And here we are. And I do have also some, some friends and sources in that world. 
And I could tell you that their, bla- their brains blew up when they saw Helly's name on that pardon list. It was like, holy shit. Yeah. So it's he a spelled his deal. name wrong as well, so we wouldn't catch it. I think they said his name. <laughs> they didn't do Heli; they did Hillel or something. So, yeah, because we that's his name. No, Heli yeah, is know, his nickname. I, I know, that's but his, that's his real name. Yeah. But it, it wouldn't have caught yeah. everyone's eye. And then a gambling, uh, a gambling charge is what they described it as. John, so I want to ask you some questions about this the human trafficking ring because there are a lot of Hollywood names attached to the scene that Jeffrey Epstein talks about. Um, and it seems to me that there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of scandals still buried in, in, in LA and amongst all these celebrities that are, that they've never really confronted revolving involving younger women or younger boys. And it's, it's, it runs pretty deep in, in, in that part of the world. So there's another part of QAnon that feels quite, right about that, you know, that feels, does feel accurate is that there is a lot of human trafficking that going, goes on in that world. I'm asking you because I feel like you're a celebrity and a superstar, but, um, you know, amongst your, amongst the, the, uh, that circuit of world, uh, so that circuit of, of friends that you have, how much of a problem is this? Well, Zev, to be honest, uh, you know, since I've been in Hollywood, I, you know, I mean, I've worked with Jay Leno and, and his show and and most people that I've encountered have been normal and that are not, you know, human traffickers. So I have no idea. I I, I, you know, I mean I don't know any I don't know any perverts. That's what you're asking. Sort of, but not directly. You can you can interpret it any way you want. No, but there is, I mean, we all know about Hollywood doesn't mean that I know perverts. But we know there's like what's his name, Brian, whatever his parties that he used to have, or you know, there's all these you you hear about stuff. You hear about human trafficking. You hear about these Charlie things. Sheen. I've yeah. been to a Charlie Sheen Super Bowl party. Yeah. And- oh, how was that? Wait a minute. Let's hear about that. It's Friday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we, we Charlie Sheen Super Bowl party. Well, first of all, Charlie Sheen's a stutterer, which I never knew. I don't know if you guys knew that. I didn't know that. And you know, so I I wrote and directed Charlie Sheen in a bunch of cold opens. Like that's like the bit like on SNL right before they go live, uh, like in New York. So I, and I would write a lot with him, you know, went like for him. And then we started hanging out and Charlie was like, you know, that I, I've been a stutterer all my life and I've always stuttered on ours, which was tough because I have a sister who's named R. I had a brother named Ramon and, you know, and, and we were sharing our stuttering story. So he invites me to a Super Bowl party. So I go to a Super Bowl party in the Hills and he's got the ice sculptures of each team. He's got the pool. He's got the, you know, the whole like tiny <laughs> a football field. He's got chefs, famous chefs from um, from the E Network in there to cook all the hors d'oeuvres. And I'm there, and I'm hanging out. And guess what? The only thing that was missing from the Charlie Sheen football party. What? The hookers, Charlie the cheerleaders. Sheen. Charlie Sheen never showed up. <laughs> <laughs> he never showed up. He stayed in his room upstairs with, a, I guess, a couple oh. of porn stars or whatever, and he never came downstairs. So the next time I saw him on The Tonight Show, I'm like, Charlie, you invite me to your Super Bowl party and you never came. You, you didn't come out and say hello. He goes, Oh yeah, I forgot I was having that, and I didn't, really didn't want to, so I just stayed upstairs. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh that my is a good story. You live, a, you live a wonderful life there, John. Um, Celebrities—they're <laughs> just like us. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't have that kind of party, Greg. 
I've heard about your your infamous Super Bowl parties. <laughs> you little side sculptures of of players of the teams. You know? You, you know, you name it. This um, is the first year I'm going to be able to watch the Super Bowl not in German. I'm very excited about it. So, yeah. What? What? I'm what usually in Berlin. Mean? You usually sorry. Say that again. Oh, I am in Berlin for oh. the Super Bowl. The last oh, really? eight years. So uh, I know that I have a work commitment that puts me in Berlin, and so I the Super Bowl is on at three o'clock in the morning. So if you're going to watch it, you either have to stay up all night. It's right, right. The, the it's a Sunday night. We leave Monday morning, so you either stay up all night, or you go to bed and wake up like at three in the morning or something like that. So the one morning I woke up at like four, I checked my phone. Oh, Tom Brady's losing 28 to 3 to the Falcons. I'll turn this on and watch Tom Brady lose. And that was like the greatest fourth quarter comeback in, you know, of all time and, and I know I can't stand that guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to watch. That was a great game. And uh, and last year, you know, the uh-huh. Chiefs game I watched. I was actually excited about that one. So, uh anyway, the Monopoly. Greg, Tom Brady got nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars in stimulus relief. I mean, that's ridiculous. I oh, God, he, I don't insane. like that he's is he is he really a Trumpy? And how how is his wife allowing this? Because she's you know, part I mean, of the whole world there as well. Uh, yeah, remember oh, then the boss of that uh, was the Kraft. Is that his name? But he was caught early yeah. on in, in the Trump administration. Was caught yeah. uh, with a massage massage yep. scandal in Florida. No, how yeah. about when least. he went to Russia? You got Putin went has to Russia. Super Bowl ring. And Putin has his Super Bowl ring. No. Yes. That's Bob Kraft. Yes. They went on a thing and he was there and he was, uh, and I think it was even Donald said to him, show Putin your Super Bowl ring. So he shows, this is before the Trump administration, but they were, they were good friends. He showed, and he, I think we can find that reporting where he actually said, Donald told me to show it to him. Um, And he was there with um, Howard Lorber, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that was way back when, uh, 1987. who, if we remember that during the Trump Tower, the junior Trump Tower meeting um, that Mueller investigated, it was Howard Lorber that junior was calling. Howard Lorber was also the state agent for the original Rybolovlov sale, by the way. How's that for That's a small exactly world? right. How about that? It's a little small in there around Howard Lorber. It's a little tight. It's a little Kremlin-y. So anyway, he takes a, he takes Bob Kraft on this trip to the Kremlin to meet Putin and and Kraft shows him, takes off his super ring to show it to Putin, and Putin kept it. It's like, thank you for this gift. I wonder what he got in return. He must have had something in return. I don't know. Poor Bob Kraft. <laughs> I, don't I, don't I feel know. sorry for him. I don't feel sorry for him, but he was sort of like, there's pictures of his face. He's like, oh, oh what do I do? The guy took my ring. Well, he's won some yeah. more now, so that's okay, right? They've won a few, those guys. Uh, what are uh, they called? The Patriots? Get- what a name. Yes. Ironic name. Ironic name. <laughs> hey, Zev, I mean, I wish I had like more stories, but you don't forget, I, I work with Jay Leno, who was the comedy equivalent of, of Mr. Rogers. I mean, yeah, he's the nicest know. guy in the world, right? Yeah. He was, he was always saying, I don't think drugs. I don't <laughs> smoke. I don't drink and I don't cheat on my wife. So I'm ever, you know, I'm fine. You know, and he doesn't. He yeah. doesn't do any of that, which and is yeah. why he's never in a no. tabloid. Yeah, and he's had a great That's career. A good Leno. You do a good Leno. You do a very good, good Leno. Leno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tiny guy. You know, it's just, you know, I'm little, I don't know. He likes his time. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well done. Good, like John. Good. So today yeah. uh, it was also, you know, a lot of people were posting. That's the funniest story, Zev. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, no, go ahead. The funniest story is that everybody on the staff at The Tonight Show did a Jay Leno impression. From the pages 
you know, you know, from the PAs to the writers, producers, everybody did a Jay Leno. And whenever, like, we would, like if Jay ever was walking down a hall and, God forbid, that we didn't know he was behind us, we go, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know what we're going to do. He'd go, huh, huh, oh. He would hate when people did his impression. <laughs> That's very funny. That's great. It's unlike the late David Letterman staff, they had a different sort of experience with the with his with his staff I'll, members. I'll tell you one more story, oh, and then I'll. Yeah. This is this is the funniest part because I I suffer from OCD. I've shared so many stories with Howie Mandel because when he was a guest, we would go over what medications you know that were on because we have a extreme OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Jay also has it. So Jay, like, like as he walks down the halls, he has to touch, you know, all the walls and everything else. I mean, he's got a billion, so many rituals. In fact, once his gargantuan head was knocked against a door, I mean, like a wall in his office, and he put a hole in it. And then when they, oh. you know, and then like on hiatus, they replaced the wall and he goes, find that old wall. I want my old wall back. And they had to find it in a dumpster and put back the wall with the head in oh, it. Oh, because he touched it. With uh. his yeah, but, oh. but, but here is the funniest part. So Anthony Kaleka, who's a writer now on the Kelly Clarkson show, but he's a friend of mine. So he knew that Jay Leno, right before he went on stage, had to touch a certain doorknob. It's like he had to touch this one doorknob that led to the stage every show. So even when I was the announcer, I, and now Jay Leno, and then Jay had to touch the doorknob before he would go on the stage. That was his ritual. Anthony Kaleka thought it would be funny to stand right in front of the doorknob while Jay's name was being announced. <laughs> so Jay is sitting there, like he's standing there looking at Anthony, and he's like, <laughs> and then he, and then he finally reaches around, goes <laughs> around Anthony's body and touches the doorknob, and then runs up on stage. That is funny. What's yours? What's your big uh, OCD thing? What's your what's your ritual oh, that God, you like to do? So many, but uh, every, like everything's a ritual for me. Like I don't have like just a no like Howie Mandel. It's all about germs. Like when he nice. goes to a hotel, he puts towels from the bed down to the floor, down to the shower. He'll never <laughs> his feet will never touch the carpet, carpet or the floor carpet. of the hotel room. He goes straight. Everything is all on towels, and he orders extra towels. That's his. Jay is about the touching thing. Me, I, it's like it could be anything, but I guess, uh, I don't know. I like the number three. Everything is a numeric thing. With If like I see a bad number like six or, like, or something like that, I get anxious because, you know, as we all know, 666 is the devil's number, oh. and I was raised <laughs> – <laughs> I was raised a Catholic, but you know, like all, like a lot of it is like steps, how many steps and all stuff like that. You know? Yeah. Do you avoid cracks in I the sidewalk? And those kinds four, of things? Like a bad number, like four. That's what I thought you were going to say. That's in China. No, but, yeah, my birthday is October 4th. So I'm okay. But no, cause, I mean, behind you is the number four as you're speaking. Yeah. That's <laughs> my favorite. That's my favorite uh, baseball play. That's Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I know. Oh, uh, what did you think about Hank Aaron, losing Hank Aaron today? Oh, it's awful. 
I mean, Hank Aaron. I I remember seeing him hit the 715th home run. Awesome. I mean, you know. What happened today? Sorry, I missed something. I missed something. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron passed away. He passed away. And he just had gotten his COVID vaccine, too, recently. So he was... He like protecting himself, and then he and then he passed. I think heart was oh, was it related to COVID? Yeah. And you met him before? No, um, just John. No, I haven't met Hank. I mean, I I interviewed Tommy Lasorda, who just passed away, and I pissed him off three different times. But that's when <laughs> I mean, you know, I was asking all those crazy questions. At least he came back. Um, so this was also a big week. Just did I try to put a button on the show a little bit because it's you know there was a new Congress. Sorry if I talked too much there. I just, you are amazing. No, you talk as much as you want. I'm having you. I go on your show. You let me talk so much. We want to hear what you have to say. Sorry, Seth. I do. I want to hear second dig, Greg. It's the second dig tonight about being cut off on the show, <laughs> but it's okay. No, I'll take, no, I'll no. take it. That, okay. You know what, Seth? That's something that I get a lot of compliments from, like from a lot of the audience. Is they say, John, we love your show because you actually listen to your guests and you never interrupt them. It's true. And 100%. I try my best to do that. You, you know what I mean? Because yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I just want to ask you. Don't have one a problem thing with interrupting. Of all of us. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> no, no, no. None of us do, frankly. <laughs> this is the interrupter show and the rant show. Um, uh, but. I just want to say, like, hi, premium, premium content rants here. Um, but John, what is it? I do want to ask you this before we go. Before we go, because I know Zev is, wants to wrap. But um, you, you know, you started your podcast, and it turned into this thing to fight the Trump presidency and to keep because you could tell that people weren't talking about uh, uh, like what we brought up earlier. The facts, and Greg was saying that the media was really failing, focusing on this guy, talking about who he really was. Um, you know, they were normalizing him and we all knew that he wasn't, he was far from normal and there was, he was a lifelong criminal. So what do you, what's up? How are you doing now that we're moving into something new? What are your thoughts on what you're going to do with your audience and, and your show? Well, I wish I could say it's all over just because, you know, the witch is dead, but it's not. I mean, you know, Mitch McConnell is still there. Lindsey Graham is still there. And they're going to, you know, I'm sure they're going to try and block Joe Biden every step of the way. So I think that we still have to report on all the, you know, on on all these crimes that these guys are going to do to try and prevent proper climate legislation gun legislation and so i think it's good like i you know i have congressmen on congresswomen on i think it's good that we keep on educating people that you know of what is going on and i think we have to hold them all accountable everyone now moving forward has to be held accountable and so as far as my show and having great guests like all of you guys on is always putting that pressure on them to be held accountable because we do have power. Lincoln Project, Midas Touch, we all have power in our voice and people can't forget that. We all have power and the more people that we educate, you guys educate me every time I have you on my show, but the more that we educate, the more people are motivated to do something. And that's, you know, and I think that's uh, important. So I'm going to continue to do that. 
And the place oh. to watch your show, by the way, is on YouTube, right? It's YouTube. And uh, what's the what's the channel name? What should people look for? Uh, the Stuttering John channel. Okay. It's really good fun. I've been on a couple of times. Yeah. It's a good, good time. Sometimes the last time I was on, I sort of slept through the beginning bits. So you caught me up. <laughs> I worked like 10 minutes late. So I didn't even wash my face and I was onto your show. But you were, you were good humored about it. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, I want to show you a couple of things from the week just because it's a good thing to wrap us up with. One is, here's Raphael Warnock uh, on the right there. He's uh, outside his new office in the Senate. On the left is when he was arrested in the same building in 2017. So that's how oh, it started. Geez. That's how that's going. Good for him. He seems for to praying, be- praying, for praying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was praying, everybody. He was praying, yes. He was, he was oh my God. on his knees saying prayer and they arrested him. Oh, wait, no, um, he, he didn't steal Nancy Pelosi's laptop? He didn't oh, okay. steal that. He didn't. That you don't get arrested for, actually. That they just uh, let you go. Yeah. They let you send it to the, to the Russian intelligence services if you want. Um, next, we, it's, you must have seen this clip. Fauci, um, you know, way back when, <laughs> in Trump days on the left, on the right, he's looking completely giddy during the entire press conference. About 400,000 people dying, incidentally, but still looking completely giddy at the fact that he now had uh, a boss that was actually going to allow him to tell the truth, which he seemed to be quite excited about. And uh, it took me a while to find even one photograph. And he can of save life. lives now. <laughs> he, he can, can save, save lives, lives now. He, wasn't, he was not allowed to save lives before, and now he can. Or tell you the hear truth. what he said, guys? I mean, I'm sure you guys all heard what he said. He goes, it's nice to have somebody that if they don't know the answer, they'll just say that they don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's yeah. very refreshing in our and world. And make things up. Yeah. And uh, the, the best how it started, how it's going picture I could find on the left, Melania avoiding <laughs> Donald Trump's kiss. Uh, the last time I could find them having, having any interaction with each other. And then on the right, a very loving shot. I don't know if you guys saw this of, of uh, Jill and Joe Biden just outside the house. Uh, just It was beautiful, really loving moment by a couple that genuinely feel like they're in love with each other. So love is back in the White House. Wait, 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 wait. Is that the real Jill Biden or is that the fake Jill Biden? We need to know. <laughs> Don't start that now. Don't start it. Uh, well, thanks so much, John. Really appreciate you coming on the show this time. And we'll, we'll, have, we'll have you back if you'll come back on. It's great. It's great fun having you here. Anytime. I had a great time. I love all you guys. And, you know, love just you. before we I go. You, I, I, we love you. Yeah, I just, you know, I really appreciate all you guys coming on my show. And honestly, to me, my show is not only about educating all my people who watch and everything. It's about educating me. You know what I mean? I mean, I love that you guys teach yeah. me things and, and things that I didn't know. And that's the whole, you know, I, have, I, I love learning. How's that? I love that you always put interesting combinations of people on your show as well, which is just like you never know who you end up with. And you're like, oh, wow, there's so much, such an interesting conversation going on. Um, any last thoughts for anybody, Greg? Uh, do I have last thoughts? Yes, I have. I have. Um, let's see. I have one thing. Earlier on in the show, LB said that we were poets, and I want to correct the record and say that I am not a poet. I want to quote, uh, especially compared to that Amanda Gorman, who's fantastic. Yeah. I want to quote yes, Robert well. Graves and say, I am a prose writer, oh. and in the presence of the poet, the prose writer can merely step aside and let her walk by. Oh, so that's what I have to say. Well done. There is a distinction, and uh, I'm going to honor the distinction. Fair enough. That was beautifully, Good. Very All beautifully right. well, said. Let me walk on by then, because I am a poet, and I'll take, ah. I'll take it. I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about you. But I, I really am. I really am. But, but uh, oh, boy, that, that oh, she's, that's a whole other, that's a, 
That's a real artist there. Holy cow. What a final gift. Thoughts, okay. What a gift. My final thought is uh, I really want a beach and a uh, um, refreshing beverage and some sunshine and no devices and mm. um, and to be able to be safely in some place somewhere. I don't care if it's a shack and not worry about COVID. Um, so I'm just it's all I can think about tonight. I just need a vacation, everybody. And I, and it's so, it sucks to not really be able to have a proper one while we're in the middle of all this. So um, I'm just going to keep watching. And it's only been two days, two full days of the Joe Biden presidency. That's it. And all those information terrorists are already making declarations about it. And so, um, you know, look, we're still in a fight, as John said. It's not over. We're going to be battling for the truth this whole way through. I wanted to give this one little thought for everybody tonight on Friday night to think about over the weekend. The old, they don't have power anymore, okay? The, the terror party that is the Republican Party, that they don't have power anymore. All they have are their tweets, and their and their and the horse shit that comes flying out of their mouths, right? So maybe take that power away from them and block these people on Twitter. Stop replying to them. Stop retweeting them. Stop let stop letting them. All they have right now is to is the ability to outrage all of us with their craven hypocrisy. They're only saying hypocritical shit to get you outraged and to get you reacting to them. Because then you're giving them the oxygen that they want and you're giving them the platform that they want and you're elevating these complete buffoons, these these apes, right? You're elevating them, bless apes, apes are better than these folks, into to actually having a national voice when they truly they're they're out they're out of power. So let's take their voices away from them in terms of not giving them our time, our attention, our reactions. All okay. right. That's Amen my to that. request. Block Stephen block, Miller, block, block Jenna Ellis, block Carl Rove, block Sean Spicer, block them all. Okay. Block them. Got it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on Narrative Live. It's great to see you guys, and we'll see you again on Tuesday. Tuesday.